Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like the and I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that. But you, you will never stop being a jerk. All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist. It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Angry white boy. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. The antagonist that at the end becomes an unlikely friend. That's Chad Ekowitz. And that's Simone the Rue with just, like, the most delightful thing. I like Thanks. that. Don't you, like, I love delightful little sayings like that, sort of like, a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. Things like that really make me happy. <laughs> it's slightly horrifying the way you said it, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's very much my brand, though. It's, it sounds it like you're the stranger saying that to the wide-eyed, terrified child. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I do. There's a pug right by my house, and I just go oh, there God. on the weekends with lollipops, and I'm just like, hey, you might think I'm a stranger, and stranger danger is a real thing, but also, have you thought that strangers, ow, and then that's the sound of the dad punching me in the yeah. face, and yeah, yeah, get away I from mean, my child and all that stuff. we all have to get our workouts in somehow. Exactly. And you and I get a very strong mental workout from this podcast, especially when we have to come up with segues like that. In which case, <laughs> what movies are we doing this week? <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> guys, we're returning to our favorite duo. We're returning to my childhood. We're mm. returning to the Olsen twins. But these are not the Olsen twins of the last episode. These are not the preteen girls who just love boys in fashion. These are the teenage girls who love boys in fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Their relationships yes. are a little more complex. Their goals are more ambitious. And their casting is slightly more famous. It's the Olsen twins. Yes. I, I, I want to pressure you on saying that their relationships are more co- are, are more complex yeah. because they are not. <laughs> I would like to strongly disagree with in you. New York Minute. Oh, are you talking the relationship between yeah. the twins? I oh, thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about no, the boy the relationship with boys. Yeah, because those are like, those are one dimensional. If I've ever seen. Yeah, a no, this that, is very much method. women writing men. Like the boys in these <laughs> movies are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boys! Well, let's decide who gets to go first. What are you drinking today? Oh, uh, I'm I'm back on my shit again. I'm having another whiskey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Look, we're recording on a Tuesday, which is just mm. weird. Uh, you know, you go up in the club on a Tuesday. Mm, Your mm. girlfriend here, she ain't Tuesday. She ain't. Uh, as the famous lines go from that song. Um, and and you got to get your drink on. You gotta, yeah. you gotta stomach these movies. I, I have leftover vodka uh, from this weekend, but no real mix to put it in. Ooh, and I was like, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I feel like if I show up to the show drinking straight vodka on a Tuesday night, it's it's, um, it's... it's not a cute look. <laughs> no, that's a that's a cry for help. If I yeah, that is one. a cry for help. And I'm yeah. doing okay actually. Like I don't feel like drinking straight vodka on a Tuesday night. Yeah, this isn't you know early 2020. This is this is <laughs> mid 2021. <laughs> We don't need to drink straight Where vodka Where I drink no whiskey more. on a Tuesday night, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Small wins. That's what we're calling it. Small wins. Oh, God. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm I'm back on the uh, Sicilian cider, the lemon premium vegan cider that I've been drinking Sounds on and off. Delightful. So Especially, summery out here. Uh, so yeah. warm. It's perfect for this. You know, just finished work. It's not alcoholic enough that I'm drunk off my face. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. What, what temperature is it there today, Chad? 
How dare you? Don't do this to me. Uh, I believe it is 22 today. <laughs> so shut your mouth. It was the same here. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? I'm We're having a bit of a your... berg wind at the moment. So it was actually like 25 degrees over the weekend. Wow. You know what? I'm done with your southern, sub-Saharan African bullshit that you're going to bring this negative attitude at me okay, right now. colonialism, calm down. <laughs> you guys have already been here. Yeah, but we didn't take the weather with us. <laughs> if you could <laughs> If we could have. I mean, you took all the other natural resources, so... <laughs> we might as well take the sun. <laughs> uh, we laugh because otherwise we, <laughs> we laugh cry. about colonialism, but the Olsen twins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I guess you get to go first. So talk me through oh. a montage of a movie. This is actually perfect because this movie is... Winning London. Yes. How very exciting. How how very thrilling. This movie follows Chloe and Riley Lawrence, played by Mary-Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen, respectively. Chloe is a ace debater. She's brilliant. And she is part of Model UN. She's actually so good that she won a prize. Then Miss Watson, played by Claire... Yarlet is like, hey, what if we gave you like sponsorship to go to the International Model UN, which is going to be in London this year? And naturally, Mr. Holmes, played by Stephen Schenbaum, uh, their debate coach and Model UN coach, is like, yeah, totally. So they assemble the team. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> one of the dudes on the team can't make it there. So naturally, Chloe's sister, Riley, is like, oh, yeah, I'll hop on. But that's only because she wants to get closer to Brian, played by Brandon Tyler. He is a super hot football star who's like their mom's best friend's son. So he's always seen her as a little sister. But she's like, uh-uh, on this trip, he's going <laughs> to see me as more than that. <laughs> and then some other inconsequential people on their team who don't really have a plot they fly to london there's a montage of them looking around that guys there are lots of montages here so just so try to keep up many montages they arrive uh chloe briefly meets lord james browning jr played by (laughs) jesse spencer who people will recognize from house md he is obviously a lord's son and he's part of the model un debate team from the uk uh the two kind of hit it off but you know we're not quite there yet there's like some drama because their team's supposed to represent china um but another team was given china in a mix-up but luckily they're able to trade they're like okay you guys can have china if we can have your giant room so they got a cool giant hotel room that does not feature in the movie again uh and but then it was worth they it. decide and then it turns out that they're representing the uk at model un so naturally they're like oh we should explore london um and there's a montage <laughs> many, several montages in a row of that happening uh they run into lord james browning again and he still flirts with chloe meantime riley is just keeps trying to make the move on brian and he is so dumb <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth with, like, debating stuff. Their team gets accused of kind of cheating because they kind of do because they bribe people to vote yeah. for their motion. <laughs> and then and then at a party, uh, everybody kind of hooks up and uh, Chloe and James are, like, kind of a fish now. And they go, I think, on a shopping trip. That's yeah, a montage. I think so. They're all good friends. Are they doing any Model UNing? It's unclear. 
<laughs> then at a party thrown at James's father's estate, Chloe takes her little competitiveness a little too far, and James is very upset with her. Um, and then they get to one of the final challenges at Model UN, which is like uh, two delegates get kidnapped, and it's okay, the UK saves the day through espionage. <laughs> and that's a thing that happens. And then, uh, oh, it's the last night there. Chloe and uh, Chloe wants to see James, but there's trickery afoot. But luckily, she does manage to see him. And long story short, they win Model UN. They win the Model UN. <laughs> yeah. Chloe's like, yeah, I'll come visit you sometimes, Lord James. She knows a meal ticket when she sees one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Riley and Brian finally get together uh, and everybody's happy. There you go. The, 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 there it is. I want to applaud you, before we get into your clip hanger, I want to applaud you for calling her an ace debater and not falling in the trap of calling her a master debater because we're not 12. <laughs> it didn't but even also, occur to me. The funniest joke of the planet is is the master mm. debater master nope. joke. So I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm really Thank proud you. of you for, for keeping this highbrow. So what is your clip hanger then? Oh, it's obviously this one. Is there a place for the British monarchy in the 21st century? The royals are in big trouble with their subjects. Talk to the cabbie down in Trafalgar or the shopkeeper in Soho and they'll tell you. The royal family is too stuffy, out of touch, aloof, too removed from ordinary people and their ordinary problems. There's a growing movement in this country to make the royals, well, less royal. Because the downside to having kings and queens and lords and ladies is believing that birthright makes you better than everyone else. And it doesn't. So, should we dump the royal family? Talk to that same caviar shopkeeper and chances are they'll bite your head off for even suggesting it. Being part of a country is like being part of a family. Just because we complain about them doesn't mean that they don't have a warm place in our hearts. The Queen still represents Britain in a uniquely British way. And I, for one, would feel a little lost without her. And it's Riley's speech at the okay. end uh, when she wins Model UN. <laughs> um, and she gets, I forget the question she gets asked, but her speech is terrible. It has zero facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all emotion. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Model UN, um, like what was to the point of them? Fair. What was the point of that study montage where they boned up on facts <laughs> about the UK and then she used none of them? It's the most perfect representation of what people think competitions are in movies, and then what they actually turn out to be is something completely different. Uh, and it's great because I would, I would have loved to go to Model UN. I think I would have been way more invested in Model UN if I had known that there were hostage situations, yes, and that kind of thing. If if it wasn't just really boring diplomacy for you know hours on end and debate like that, then I would be there without. A second question. Although, if I remember correctly, like, Model UN and debating and stuff was where, like, everyone got laid. Like, oh, people really? were just slutting it up in high school, like, debate club and stuff. Oh, that's what I heard. I wasn't cool enough, and I don't like arguing, so I wasn't in debate. <laughs> Right. Okay. I mean, that would make sense because I went to a debate competition once. I was I was asked to to fill in on a team, uh -huh. and I went there, and I got hit on like out of nowhere by one of the other schools. She asked. She said to me, she was like, "Hey, nice jeans." And I was like, "Ooh, okay." Oh my god! Inter that's forward. Uh, uh, thanks. 
Yeah. So so I guess you're right. There are a bunch of horny teens. Mm-hmm. Outrageous. Mm-hmm. So you didn't Very do Model UN at school? I don't know why. You just strike me as someone who would have. No, no, no. I had sex with people instead. <laughs> um. <laughs> Apparently so did Model UN, though. <laughs> I suppose you skipped the middleman of having to, like, debate motions and... Exactly, exactly. I, I, Very little effort. Well, I mean, I guess I, for, for an overweight teen, there is a lot of effort that goes into having sex with people. Aww. But I didn't have to think about it. I just had to use use <laughs> my, my comedy chops. Which, again, according to this movie, is all you need to be a good model UNA. True. You know, it's comedy chops and bribery. Bribery. I mean... Are they wrong? Is this not just a very cynical look at world <laughs> politics? Because the speech that Chloe's giving at the beginning where she's like representing China. Yes. All about how that's like exactly what I was gonna free say. speech is overrated. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was perfect. It was a great opening speech. And the, like the crazy thing about it, like in the beginning was, you know, obviously this is early 2000s mm. and she started speaking and, it, you know, it's not made immediately clear that mm. she was representing China. And a lot of what she was saying could also be applied to Republicans. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, about Facebook and things like that, especially with the ban of Donald Trump and things. And I was just like, oh, this is really ahead of its time. And then they said China. And I was like, wow, this is really ahead of its time. Oh, it turns out the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So apart from the fact that there were thousands of montages, which basically made up this runtime. Yes. I mean, talk about padding a runtime. What did you enjoy about this film? You know, it's it's nice to see a slightly more mature Olsen twins. They're mm-hmm. a little older, a little wiser. They're still cracking the same jokes. Some of the jokes are funnier. Yes. I don't know. It was it was it was fun. I remember I watched this movie as a kid, um, and mm-hmm. a it made me want to join Model UN because I had a very different idea of what Model UN was supposed <laughs> to be. Um, and B, it really made me think that London was a cool and glamorous place. I then I have since gone to London, so um, yes, <laughs> I know that's not true. <laughs> hey now, hey Talking now. Talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to talk smack? You're really going after the UK today, aren't you? You're it's really such an just easy feeling. <laughs> you're feeling it today. Um, well, London is cool. Look, I there think are you know if the London, weather were better, but visit me in summer. I mean, it's you know it smells risk. worse, but. <laughs> It's like what I can imagine New York would be like in summer. It just smells terrible. Um, you know, but there are parts of London which are nice. You know, you've, sure. you've clearly just been down the bad sides, like the Nocturne Alley version of London. Yes, yes. That is what my family did, actually. We did the slum tour. <laughs> to be fair, knowing your dad, I can imagine he would. The He's dodgy just so situations that my way. father has gotten us into because he wanted a cheap tour. Yeah, I could imagine that. Yeah. I want to talk about the relationships in this movie. I mean, they're they're a staple of any Olsen movie. Mm. Mm. Um, I really disliked Lord Jaming, whatever his stupid name was. Because, like, the polo scene, I didn't get it. Maybe I missed something that you saw that I didn't. But she's just playing hard. She fucking slays him on the on, yeah. on the polo course and he gets really upset that she beats him and then know. he's like really pissed being off being very gracious about it which i think was his point and he was like oh like you care more about winning than you do about like actually like having a nice time or like being a nice person um which like you know isn't a deal breaker for everyone but it was clearly a deal breaker for him and that's okay we're all allowed to set boundaries 
see, as a natural winner, coming <laughs> it, since he lost, coming from a loser like that, it just sounds a bit disingenuous mm. when you're like, oh, it's more about the participation and having fun. Of course it is, loser. The score is fun to fun. It's all tied up. But uh, in my world, I won, and that is the fun. I mean, isn't that this whole movie? Like, can you win Model UN? <laughs> isn't the point cooperation? Isn't the point, like, no one wins, like, we all win? Yes, that's the idea, right? I mean, that's the whole point of the UN, you know? It's it's a United Nations. Yeah. It's kind of in it's the name. It's not like, oh, we're like, the best nation this year. Yeah, Ban Ki-moon didn't become the secretary <laughs> of the UN and go, fuck yeah, we're winning! Go Korea! <laughs> Suck it, losers! <laughs> Maybe he did. I don't know him. I don't know. Ban Ki-moon seems like a real fun guy to be around, to be fair. Um, so, okay, so we got really different interpretations of of the yeah. the 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 losing prince in this, the, the, the Lord the Lord Loser. <laughs> I just love how dumb the boys are in Olsen twin movies. This is something that has mm-hmm. remained consistent, like pretty much since they like started dating in the movies. Like in Passport to Paris, yeah. they're just the, like, these two dumb French dudes who are like, <laughs> Oh, we yes, we will follow these Americans around and we will bring them flowers. And um, yeah. <laughs> the accents sounded exactly like that in case anyone's Oh wondering. yeah, you were on point. Thank you. <laughs> And then in this movie, it's also, it's like this big dum-dum who can't see that Riley has the biggest crush on him and somehow didn't notice that she's beautiful. (laughs) And then this other dude who's like, I guess his defining trait is that he's British and aristocratic. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, he sees her and he's immediately like that one Um, and just (laughs) follows her around like a lovesick puppy the rest of the time. This is a theme in Olsen Twin movies. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it sets some very high standards for me and some very low ones. It's it's interesting you say that because I mean that's that's the dichotomy, isn't it? Because you want those high standards, but also they're so dumb. I just oh. you know, it's it's it must have been really confusing being a woman growing up at this time. Um, I mean, it's, it's confusing just confusing point, confusing being point, a but, woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just... and and then you've got this movie, uh, these movies from the Olsen twins who do deserve just the best men, and they always fall. For the worst Big men. dum-dums. I love it. I love oh, it. Man. I love it. And they're always the boss, right? The Olsen twins are always the ones, like, leading the adventures yes. and doing the things. And the guys are just like, okay, look at your giant okay. eyes. <laughs> it's great. It's so, so good. I, I, I love it for that fact. I did enjoy, as well, like, the one thing I will say about Loser Lord Man is <laughs> when he, like, confronted his dad and was just like, I'm not you, dad. I want to, like, do my own thing, even though... <laughs> I'm basically just going to be doing what you want to do anyway. It was kind of adorable. Did you like, see? What a weird little subplot, but Someone so good. made, like, a compilation, I think it was on Twitter, of every time a movie a kid, like, a movie man stands up to his dad. Like, any sort of, <laughs> anything along the lines of, like, uh, where the dad's like, oh, you're giving up your dream. And he's like, no, dad, mm. I'm giving up I'm yours. Giving up your dream. <laughs> Someone did a montage of every movie moment where that happens. Yes. And it is. So good. <laughs> oh, that sounds spectacular. Oh, man. Because, I mean, it is just, like, the most common yeah. trope. I mean, when you've got white men writing movies for th- hundreds and hundreds of years. White you know, you're gonna writers. have writers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just going to have these men who 
obviously have issues with their fathers, fathers because they became scriptwriters instead of doctors or lawyers or whatever. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of feelings that they've got to express. Um, and now we're left <laughs> no, with Zack Schneider, who can't even express his feelings through, through movie writing. <laughs> to be fair, this does also happen with female characters and their mothers. Um, and someone did mm. also do a montage of that. So equal opportunity here. Oh, beautiful. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, all right. Well, I mean, to be fair, because there's not much to this movie, because yeah, it is just montages, I guess we can move, move on, right? Along. Yeah. 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 So what's your scene that could have saved this one? Oh, man. Uh, make the side characters at all useful? There's like, right, yes. the whole thing is like this dude is filming stuff. He's filming things the whole time. And I guess that's supposed yes. to be like a cool storytelling technique. And it's helpful in some of the montages. And it's also used as like an, a, an uh, exposition tool, right? Because he's like, he uses the yeah. camera to introduce everyone. Yeah. But it's like, it would be cool if that tied in, right? Like at some point he accidentally recorded something and they were like, oh, wait, stop, zoom in on that. And then they like solved the thing or caught someone cheating or i don't know yes just tie it yeah tie it together and then make the third female person that they always need to include in these fucking movies uh make her a little useful i think i think they really did point out her uselessness when she (laughs) she had that conversation with camera guy and she's just like oh i'm kind of tired of being the third wheel i mean that was a heartbreaking speech and then uh, the two of them just kind of get together because there's nothing else they want to do further perpetuating the belief that UN is just for fucking because it's just like well we got nothing else to do Mm. bone down I mean they really do also capture that like most of the people on that team did not go to Model UN to win, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had one thing in mind. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we'll do some debating. We'll talk about some policies. But mainly, I am scoping. To be fair, though, like, let's be honest, a hostage situation is kind of sexy. Sexy, yeah. Right? I don't know. Those organizers knew what they were doing. They were like, this is a sexy, sexy situation for these yeah, teenagers. Yeah, for reals. Yeah, negotiations between countries. That's very power dynamic based. Ooh. Also, can we talk about how funny it was when the girl makes an impassioned speech and she's like, you know, who needs nuclear weapons anyway? <laughs> and just every delegation is like, uh, yes. we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> it was, was beautiful. Very funny. Yeah, look, the the politics around this are very strangely yeah. good as well. Like, it is yeah. actually really funny. Like, Someone like we were with saying with the China speech. Political science degree was part of the script. Yeah, they nailed it. They nailed that aspect. Um, yeah, mine kind of goes along with yours in terms of sort of like external characters. I just like like it was just the English love interest lord loser really confused me because he was just like gatekeeping her right from the beginning he was just like oh well this is not the right way to do things and oh blah, 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 blah. and it's just like all right this is a very big red flag thank god she's going back to america and she'll just leave you alone because yeah. you the landed gentry have some very big problems i mean his dad is like oh yeah your whole future hinges uh on you winning model you win <laughs> And it's like, really, your eaten, educated son's entire future. Yeah, yeah he's a lord. He's a he's lord a as well. Lord. Like, he gets he's a paycheck fine. from doing nothing. Yeah, he'll be great. It's okay, guy. And he's very handsome as well. Like, no matter what, he's going to be fine. I mean, I the, the same actor is in House MD, like I said, in earlier oh, yeah. seasons. And Ooh. He's very handsome. He plays an Australian do you... doctor. I was gonna. I was gonna say. Well, what do you prefer him as? Is as the Australian doctor or the English lord? Oh, it's the Australian doctor. He's yeah. so angry. He's well. He's not angry, but he's just like irritated by house all the time. He does some incredible eye rolls. It's great. Uh huh. 
Can I blow your mind? He is also in a show in which he plays an American firefighter. Oh yeah. Oh, what what show? Just just uh, just out of curiosity, just, what show? Just out of curiosity. I might tell you. Um, I believe. I, <laughs> I believe it's called Chicago Blue. I need to double check that for okay. you, and you know Surely your Chicago research. Surely Chicago Blue would be unquote. about police. Chicago Fire. Sorry, you're right. There are like three. There are three connected shows. It's like Chicago Blue, oh, Chicago okay. Fire, and Chicago Med. It was like an NBC cross Six. show special. Uh, but don't worry, he's only in Chicago Fire. So okay, cool. Hit him up, and he also he gets a brain injury at one point and gets really angry oh. and mad and frustrated. That's your vibe. Like oh, that is I where can you fix need to go. Him so well. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, would you watch this one again? No. Uh, if I wanted yeah. to watch it again, I would maybe just watch a tourism video of London and accomplish yeah. the same thing. Yeah, in less time, probably. Yeah, they really yeah. do take you on a tour. Yeah, it's it, but it's a very swishy tour. Yes. Put to, like, really weird, you know, Music, early 2000s pop. They break the fourth yeah. wall and... Yeah, very, very strange, but very on brand for the Olsen twins, to be fair. It, it reminded me of that scene in the Australian one where they're on the boat and they do like a dance, 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 speak yes. to the camera, dance, dance, yes, dance. Yes, 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 exactly. It reminded me of that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Got to agree with you, definitely not wor- worth the watch. It took me so long to find this flippin' movie. Um, I really had to scour the dregs of the internet to try and to try and find it, and um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's not worth it. Don't watch it if you haven't seen it before. There are many other awesome movies much more worth watching. Yeah. Ahoy there, ye land lovers! Avast! My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Which leads us perfectly into New York Minute. Yes, into New York Minute. Let's do it. Jane and Roxy Ryan, played by Ashley and Mary Kay Olsen respectively, are two teenage girls living in upstate New York. Even though they are sisters, they couldn't be more different. Jane is this very straight-laced do-gooder who plans every part of her day down to a T, including bathroom breaks. Roxy, on the other hand, is more of a free spirit, more into her drum playing and her band. We meet the sisters on one of the biggest days in Jane's life. She is up for the McGill Scholarship, which is basically a competition where the brightest minds face off against each other in a public speaking competition in order to win a full ride to Oxford University. 
Jane has to be in Manhattan by four o'clock in order to give her speech. Their father, played by Drew Pinsky, is a doctor, so he's always super busy. Though he promises to try and make it to the, to the speech, he can't guarantee it. He is also a single father, as Jane and Roxy's mum died a couple years back. Jane, being the straight-laced one, kind of assumed the role of mother and took care of Roxy, cleaning up after all of her screw-ups. When they find out that Roxy has her... Uh, uh, we then find out that Roxy has her own plan. She also needs to be in Manhattan that day because simple plan of doing a video shoot for a song? Yes. Uh, and she wants to give her band uh, her band's demo tape to the music executives who are sure to be at the shoot. As such, she offers to go to Manhattan with Jane, and Jane begrudgingly accepts, knowing all the while that her sister is a bit of a mess. This is all further exacerbated by the fact that Roxy's dad doesn't know she's planning on going to Manhattan, but thinks she's going to school instead. See, Roxy has been playing hooky a lot from school, and this has received the attention of one Max Lomax, played by Eugene Levy, the Such oh, a quintessential surprise. man. Great. Uh, so he is a failed cop uh, turned truancy officer. He is hot on the tails of Roxy and wants to take her down as she has eluded him for years. <clears throat> so, followed closely behind by Lomax, the sisters head to Manhattan. On the train, they run into an issue and are immediately kicked off. Luckily, or so she thinks, Roxy is approached by a limo driver who agrees to give them a lift into the city. The limo driver is Benny Bang, played by Andy Richter, and he only agrees to give Roxy a lift because one of his accomplices slipped a microchip into her bag before he got arrested. So now, Benny essentially kidnaps the girls in order to get the microchip. As you can imagine, the girls are much smarter than him and they escape. The chip has millions of dollars worth of pirated movies and music on it, so Benny desperately needs it back. Lots of shenanigans ensue. Whilst running through the streets of New York City, the girls lose their way, get super dirty, meet their love interests. Trey Lipton, played by Jared Padalecki, a young, skinny-ass Jared Padalecki. Still cute. Great. We'll get into it. Uh, So he is the guy for Roxy. He's super handsome and a bit of a rocker and super rich. Uh, Then you also have Jim, the bike messenger. That is his actual credits, the Jim, the uh, Jim, the bike messenger, who is played by Riley Smith, who keeps bumping into Jane and they have these adorable little dialogues. All the while, uh, Benny is trying to get his microchip back and Max Lomax is trying to catch Roxy. It looks like Jane is going to miss uh, uh, this uh, speech as she is super late and she gets really mad at Roxy for being such a screw up. They have a massive fight in the middle of Times Square where Roxy says that she didn't need Jane to replace their mom after she died and Jane saying that she only wants to go to Oxford because it is so far away from Roxy. They part ways on very bad terms. Almost immediately, they regret it because apparently Manhattan is just filled with adorable little sisters who are super happy. Roxy tries to track down Jane and Jane tries to track down Roxy, but Roxy then realizes that it's almost four o'clock and so heads to the speech competition with Trey. When they get there, they see that Jane has not arrived. It's panic stations, but Roxy gets up to do Jane's speech. Unfortunately, she drops the key cards as uh, and has to improvise. At that time, Jane comes in and sees the sweet thing that her sister is doing for her, and she is deeply moved. After the speech, Roxy and Jane apologize and hug it out. Luckily, the head judge found uh, Jane's speech uh, and was deeply affected by what she had said, uh, or what she would have said, rather. So he gives her the scholarship. You think the sisters are going to be parted, but oh no! The record label execs from earlier super loved Roxy's band's music, so they're taking them on a world tour, starting in, you guessed it, the UK. The end the end what is your cliffhanger so it has to be this one i'm not finished yeah well i am 
hey, why don't you just go run along and have fun? That's what you're good at. As opposed to you, which is walking away whenever we start to have a real conversation. I don't have time for a real conversation. I'm too busy taking care of things. So who asked you to? You did. The minute you stopped taking responsibility for anything since mom died. That doesn't mean you get to be her replacement. You know what I miss most about mom? Is that she loved that we were different. And you punished me for it. From the day mom died, you've done nothing but push me out of your life. I have not. Oh, come on, Jane. This movie didn't need to go that hard, mm. and it did. I felt feelings. Like, yeah, that was, that was, like, it felt like that was a little bit of actual yeah. real-life personal drama in that. Yeah. Almost. I mean, their mom's very much alive, but I'm sure they yes. did be somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the director kept whispering in each of their ears during the week, like, weeks leading up to the scene, <laughs> and we're just like, Mary-Kate thinks you dress weird. <laughs> and then, and then to Ashley, she's just, uh, 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 just like, Ashley thinks you smell funny. <laughs> and then it just like continuous, like exacerbating right. of that situation. Right. And then they got to the fight scene and then they just like had at it. And that's, that's how it that's was made. That's just you good know. directing. The Kubrick method. <laughs> the Kub- yeah. <laughs> Subtle manipulation no. over no. time. We all know that Kubrick would have been much more abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because they're two young women. That's what mm. he loves to abuse. Oh, his favorite yeah, target. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what did you enjoy about this one and why do you think it was better than winning london because i know you do like i, do. I don't even have to well, ask this was definitely a much more cohesive movie this movie definitely had the budget it had mm-hmm. like they had the acting chops it had the cast mm-hmm. it was just a much more cohesive more fun movie it was the every single scenario ridiculous yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it starts off right where the guy has to drop the microchip into Ashley's purse to avoid the police mm-hmm. that are about to approach him. But it's like, mm-hmm. what are the police going to do if they find a microchip on your person? Yeah, yeah, they like. like I I don't understand. He could just be like, oh, this is from my camera. Like, what policeman that works at the subway is going to be like, oh. Yeah, you need to come downtown and show me what's on this microchip. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so exactly. it starts there. Um, and then the guy kidnaps them. And he could just be like, hey, look in your bag. There's like a microchip that someone dropped in there. And I mean, if he wanted to, he could even threaten them. Be like, oh, you're not getting out of this car until you hand it over. And they could be like, oh, cool. Here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Situation sold. Dead easy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is very, all very avoidable. And I mean, even with like uh, Jane getting kicked off the train because uh, he thinks mm-hmm. that like it's like a prank and he doesn't believe she has a twin. The conductor comes around a second time. She could have been like, hey, dude, here's my fucking ticket. Yeah, you absolutely. Asshole. Like there is no need for, for all of this nonsense to go on. Like yeah. it, it just makes no sense. Yeah. The, the, the shenanigans in this one, like the lead up to it are a bit. Over overkill, but I mean that's the beauty of the Olsen movies is that you have to suspend your belief. It's this beautiful magical world where things happen. You know, they they, in in the Australian one they have to go undercover about a hundred times before they settle down in Australia. You know, it's all very improbable, but so so beautiful. And and that's why we love it. I mean, in in the Olsen universe, a plucky young band from up, up, up uptown New York can just give their CD to a to a music exec, and the exec goes, "This is a really nice cover. I'll give it a listen." 
And like, you know, it's clearly fantastic. like a burned CD that they just shoved uh, like a paper cover into. Like, you know, what we used to do when we burned CDs. Yes, exactly. And and yet they got a contract out of it. Like, these execs have a very low bar, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool of them. I guess um, maybe the message here was that Simple Plan's team are <laughs> a bunch of nice guys. Yeah, I could see that. I could also see, like, Simple Plan being just, like, a really nice group of guys. Like, imagine. just, like, very hangout. I mean, to be fair, they agreed to do a Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen movie, so yeah. they must be and really nice And not even nice with guys. one of their better songs. Yeah, that was a very unknown song. It was very funny. So I was watching this with my mum, and we got to that scene, and she goes, they're not very punk rock, are they? And I was like, mom, thank you for saying those words. No. That, that was just too precious. No, they're fun. <laughs> they're fun. I just, you'd think that they would do, like... Some of their better known, one of their better known songs. Like, did I'm you just did you kid. try to like drag up your 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 memories of their good songs and come I, up with I, nothing? I, I had. I'm so just long? a kid. Yeah. And I know that there That's were it. more that I liked, but I cannot. There's that one that was like super depressing. That was like, have you ever wondered what it's like? Yeah. 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 Don't Tell remember. I feel like we do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah to yeah. be lost to be yeah to be left out yeah that was such a great song oh, <laughs> it, and right like to my growing up to that song old angsty oh, hearts yes oh hoodie up mm. pretending mm. that you're a mascara even if you're not wearing mascara is running down your face no one understands you oh life is hard Oh, wow. I just got a huge rush of nostalgia actually remembering that song, so I'm just taking a beat. <laughs> this is what we play at the end of this this episode, just like that song, just yeah. to, to, to end us out, to, to play us off. Oh, That's beautiful. Oh, we we lived in a really good time for angsty teen music, oh, right? Oh, oh, so good. So good. Um, so good. Can we talk about how fucking, what a absolutely bizarre choice it was that they had the white dude have a chinese accent oh and, like, yeah that does go offensively so right yeah yeah and they like they try to make it like lighter when the chinese mother was like oh don't do the chinese accent and it's like drawing attention to it doesn't make it better it was like, just, it just a kind of weird choice it would be a weird choice even if yeah. they got an asian american actor to affect yeah. a chinese accent yeah i mean even in the early 2000s that was that was a little too far we don't need that in a Very mainstream strange. movie very yeah, strange. yeah. I didn't like him as a villain in in total, though. Like, no, it was all very dumb. Yeah, if we're talking like bumbling uh, Olsen twin villains, this guy is like really at the bottom. You, you. I, I mean, I keep referring back to the Australian one, but I, their villains they were, were so great. good. They were so good, and, and they even were still Eugene bumbly, Levy. But oh my god, it. yes, crushed yeah, it. He, he, he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, he was just so much fun. I mean. I know you and I are both biased because we love him in, in Schitt's Creek and he's just the best. But even in, like, he was just really fun. Mm. Like, that whole scene with the zipper and he just, like, tries to do, like, pull off what the girls do. And then he, like, turns it around at the end and he's, like, good friends with them. Just, like, adorable. It's fine. Go it's nice. good on him. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the love interests in this? Right. So, very much like our bias towards Eugene Levy, mm. I have a massive bias towards... Jared Padalecki. I'm a Sam girl. Yeah, I, know I know you're, you're a Dean Sam girl. girl. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, it speaks to the Midwestern mom in me. Mm, you know, he, mm. he just has my vibe for that. He's, I mean, he's a good looking guy. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I wouldn't have turned him down. 
<laughs> I'm just more of a Dean girl. Yeah, I did enjoy seeing him in this sort of like less hunky phase in this sort of you know that that very skinny skinny boy, I mean, skinny he white still boy. Pretty hot for his less hunky oh, phase. Yeah. Like let's be clear, yeah. this, this must have been around the first season of Supernatural. Like this came out what 2004. Mm. Yeah, it must have been. So this so is around like this is picking up. what season one Sam looked like. Very cute. Yeah. Very cute. And that's the vibe he went for in season one of, of, of Supernatural. Which if guys, if you're listening and you want to tune into our supernatural podcast oh, where we go Chad, episode by episode Chad, of how much do we not love tease them. me. And then we stop we stop at the end of season five and pretend it ended there. What did it continue after season five? I don't I think w- it I did. I think it got cancelled. Mm, yeah, I'm no, pretty sure it's No, I think then. it got cancelled. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, it was lovely to see little Shuxy Doodles, um, Jared Padalecki. In terms of the bike messenger guy, was that really a love interest or someone who just kept assaulting <laughs> Mary, <laughs> Mary, Mary, Someone who Mary needs Kate to watch where the Olsen. fuck he's going. Yeah, the worst bike messenger of all time. Sorry, sorry, boss. I, uh, I got hit by, you know, a lamppost again the fifth time this week. Uh. So, yikes. <laughs> Uh, they're both so useless. Like, Jared Padalecki doesn't even question it. Like, he walks into his mom's hotel room, and the two of them mm-hmm. are, like, in towels, and he's just like, oh, wow, today's my lucky day. Does not question it. And then they're like, oh, we've got to get this microchip, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and then he's just on board. Yeah. He's in. I mean, that he, he plays the role very well, because you can imagine with, like, sort of a high-powered, like, super hyper-focused mom like that, she just kind of controls every aspect yeah. of his life, and, and being a rich mummy's boy's son, like, you're just down with anything that goes down. Plus, in his defense, Simone, speaking as a 14-year-old boy, <laughs> if I walked into a room and Mary-Kate and Ol- Ashley Olsen were there in towels, I would also go, bought G-Boy, this is my lucky day, without even questioning it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You'd ask no questions. <laughs> no questions. I'd be terrified. I'd probably have a heart attack. Yeah. Um, but but there would be no questions asked whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have some questions, all... but... <laughs> <laughs> Look, all you need to know is that all boys are gross. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's simple this as that. This is the lesson I keep learning. Yeah. So what didn't you enjoy about it? Let's flip it on its head. Oh, man. <laughs> Like I said, <laughs> this plot is hard to get behind. This plot is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And that was mainly it. I, I didn't love the scene where they're in the black uh, hair dressing shop. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It all just seemed a little very like stereotypical. Yeah. Um, Not really doing like that community any favors. Like obviously they're really nice and kind and they help them out, which was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, But it just was very overdone. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, I also just didn't love yeah. Mary Kate Ashley like walking into this um, clearly like solid business establishment and being like scared for their lives because they're the only white people yes. there. Like, didn't love that. Yeah. No, you're 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 very right. Sort of, this movie is incredibly well, not incredibly, but it is racially insensitive. Um, whether it's the the Chinese stuff or going into a black owned business and doing that. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great all around, is it? Um, you know, for 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 minorities, didn't love it. No, no. Uh, so that could have that could have probably been missed. I mean, that does go to my scene that could have saved it as well, which was in fact the 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 the, the, the taking away of Benny's accent. There was no need for that accent, Horrific. and I guess it does extend to the uh, black salon thing. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't wasn't totally necessary. necessary. Yeah, cut it out. 
Uh, what about you? What's your scene that could have saved it? Yeah, I think you could also take out the love interests. I think they had mm-hmm. a really compelling story, just their relationship, the two of them. And it would have been cool to see that, like, explored better. Yeah. And, you know, they had the acting chops for it. I think they could have done more yeah. with it. Um, the boys were really just a bunch of dumb doves who didn't help that much at all. Yeah. Cut that out. Focus yeah. more on their relationship. Like, why do boys have to be involved? Yeah, no, you're you're so right. You're so so very right. Especially because it's very clear, like from from that scene, my cliffhanger scene with them fighting, they have the acting chops, like mm-hmm. you say, they have the emotion, and the writing was there. Focus on the, yeah. the the central story. I mean, I know that these movies are highly shenanigan based. Yeah, but you know, this is late late Ashley. Yeah, uh, this is actually uh, their last Olsen movie twins. that they did together. Wow. Yeah. Oh, how sad. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, so at this stage, they could have like really developed it and done like a more dramatic piece and it would have been beautiful. And I think it would have really spoken to sort of sister sister relationships and things like that. And that would have been really nice. Mm. Would you watch it again? No, no, it was long. No, It was long. It was a series of improbable events um, that I just could not get behind. I might go and listen to some Simple Plan albums after this, though. Like, I don't know. It's really hitting me hard now. And I, I think it's time. You, you gotta, you gotta get that leather bracelet mm, out. Just bathe Sit in there. that nostalgia. Do it, do it. I like it. Um, surprisingly, yes, I would watch this again. Okay. Actually, I just, I just really enjoyed the shenanigans of it. It's something that's easy. You can take your mind out, and I think it's one of the better Olsen twin movies. You know, I'd visit Australia. Mm. I'd visit this, and um, maybe the one where she, Billboard Dad. That was oh. just a great fun one. Billboard Dad yeah. was fun. They also yeah. like escape. Like, there's an art thief. Or, no, yes. someone counterfeiting art there that they caught. I like that it's what, always the Olsen one? twins, uh, like, breaking up crime rings. That's a really fun theme oh, throughout yeah. their movies. <laughs> you can be anything you want. You could be this, like, high-stakes, high high-powered, UN-winning yeah. person and defeat crime at the same time. It's perfect. Mm. What a life they led. Le- what led. a life. So beautiful. Well, there you go. Thank you so much for for bringing us back into this nostalgic trope. I I, I love when we do these these ridiculous yeah. movies like this. It's good fun. So then, what is your gratitude for this week? My gratitude for this week is um oh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> How could you possibly forget? Uh, one of my short stories got accepted to a, an, an anthology, so this is going to be my second short story that I'm publishing ever. It was very exciting because it was kind of a hail mary when I sent it in. I was like, ah, I doubt it. Um, and then he was like, hey. Uh, the guy, uh, yeah, he was like, oh, your story would be perfect for the anthology. And I was like, oh my God. Unbelievable. Are you That's sure? That's so great. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. You are a published author again. You Thanks. are going high places. Yep. I'm so, so impressed. You're going to be way too big for this podcast sooner or later and you're just going to leave me, which is fine. No, um, Because I just want to see you flourish and I succeed. I don't know. Now that so, you floated the idea well. of a supernatural podcast, I'm kind of in it. Ooh, here we go. That's Ooh, how I'm going to keep you around. Once you, once you, once you become super famous, that's mm. how I'm going to keep you here. Um, <laughs> and then I'll just keep, keep like towards the end when we get to season five, I'll just keep delaying recordings so mm. that I keep you in my life. And I'll just be like, oh no, my oh, side didn't record you again. You say that now, but when you're a big famous writer, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's <laughs> unlikely. But um, yes, yeah, so the anthology is uh, What One Wouldn't Do, edited by Scott J. Moses, and it's coming out in October. We will include the links for that so closer to the time so you can buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and just fangirl over our girl. She's amazing, and her writing is incredible, and you got to do these things. Guys, get your shit together. Yeah. Thanks. Save up for it. You've got the time now. You've got a couple months. Yeah. Do it. 
Yeah. For me, Simone, mm. I today booked my COVID vaccinations. <gasps> Yay! That's so, so exciting. I will. I will be half vaccinated on the 19th of June and then fully vaccinated in September. Ugh. So I'm very, very excited oh, to, to finally thrilled. get that jab. Yes. And then I can go spitting in people's mouths, let people spit in my mouth. Ooh. I'm so excited Ooh. for it. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but people spitting in people's mouths is disgusting. Oh, yeah. It really, it's ooh. not a sexy thing. Ooh. I don't understand mm. when people are just like, oh, yeah, that's a sexy thing. If I it's were not. Sex it's with really fucking and they gross. spit in my mouth... No, mm. it's over. No, it's done. No, I'm we're shutting it down. Mm-mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. You and I, like, we're not even acquaintances. I'm Ugh. deleting you from my life. No, gross. No, Why? Gross. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to sorry to ruin a good moment like that. <laughs> <No>. But <laughs> I'm thrilled you're getting vaccinated. And if you wanted to, yes. you could spit in someone's mouth. <laughs> I could. I won't. But I could. <laughs> and that's the message for everyone. <laughs> All you ladies out there. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Simone, next week is our 100th episode. And as a promise, you promised me that we would revisit movies that we have personally found outrageously yes. boring, dull, yes. but that the other person loved. Mm-hmm. So, for you, the movie that I love that you hate for some odd reason is, of course, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. So we will be watching that. And what are you bestowing on to me? Uh, Only the hit movie musical starring your favorite actress of all time, Moulin Rouge, (sighs) starring Nicole Kidman. Like, Baz Luhrmann I don't understand. Look, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for the 100th episode, but I don't understand why you hate me so much. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, cool. This is a great but... start to our 100th episode. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be very, yes. very fire. It's going to be like Ashley Ashley Olsen and, mm. and Mary Kate Olsen fighting in the middle of time uh, of Times Square all over again. Yes, it, at least yeah. as iconic yeah. as that. Oh, without a doubt. Um, so, yes, I'm actually very excited. I'm excited yeah. for us to speak about these movies. Episode. It'll be nice. Lots of Yes, colors. and 100. Yes, lots of colors. Oh, my God. It's music and fire mm. and everything mm-hmm. everywhere. But, yes, in our 100th episode, we've been doing this... For so very long. We're doing so wild, Chad. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And people like us and continue to listen to us. It's mental. You guys are crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. It's, nuts. I, it's inconceivable. I, but I'm glad you guys do. Yeah. It's really, really nice. And with that, we can only say thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate you guys. What have you been watching this week? Are you excited for our 100th episode? What do you think about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? What do you think about Moulin Rouge? Let us know. And where can you guys do that? Simone. Uh, they can talk to us on Facebook or Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP. You can email us at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast at gmail.com. There you have it. And guys, while you're on the internet writing to us furiously about these movies, please also do give us a rating. Leave us a review as well. It really helps us climb up those yes. algorithms. And we really appreciate it. And as we say at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hi, I'm Sebastian Azaro, and I'm inviting you to the Hidden Pixels podcast, a show exploring those gaming stories you might have missed on your first playthrough, whether it's a side character's dark past or a small piece of information that changes the entire fictional universe, I'd like to share with story lovers and gamers alike. 
From Nintendo to Bethesda to your favorite indie games, we're looking at all different types of series to find these hidden stories. So join us every two weeks on the Hidden Pixels podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcatcher. I can't wait to share these stories with you. Thanks. Thanks.